0: Hey everybody, how you doing? It's time for episode 58 of the PDG Advertising Podcast. Welcome. Did you know that you can track how many store visits your Facebook ads have generated? No? Me neither. During the week, we found out that you can track how many people have visited your store based on having seen your advert on their phone or on their laptop or wherever it is that they've seen your Facebook advert and we thought that was pretty incredible. When it was brought up in the office, the first thing that we wanted to figure out was well how? (laughs) How does that work? And not even from an advertiser point of view, from a human point of view, where we wanted to see well, how could that be possible, what's the connection between someone seeing an advert on a phone and someone visiting a, a store. So being the daring digital advertising rock stars that we are at PDG Advertising, we have checked in on this to see how store visits are actually calculated and it's so intriguing interesting and scary that i want to read it out to you store visits on facebook and this is from the facebook website this is from facebook business ads help center the store visits on facebook those that are attributed to a facebook advert are calculated by information shared by people who have enabled location services on their mobile devices. This interv- this information depends on each person's permission settings because people sho- choose to share the location even when the app, Facebook app is closed. The wifi and Bluetooth signatures that these people share also help to pinpoint their location more accurately. That's number one. So basically what I think that's saying is if you walk into a shop you are triggering some sort of connection to the Facebook ads network via your Wi-Fi and Bluetooth signatures. So that's number one. Number two is satellite imagery and mapping data from third parties that show the location boundaries of your shops. So, and, and this is really, I mean, this is, to me, this is fascinating as an advertiser, but this is written, the person that this guide is written for is a Facebook advertiser. So the language that it's using is satellite imagery and mapping data from third parties that show the location boundaries of your, of your shop. So what that's saying is whenever you walk into a shop, there's a satellite that's bouncing some sort of a signal onto your phone and then it's flying back to some data center in Facebook and it's saying this person was in this store. <laughs> and if that, wasn't, if that wasn't crazy enough, it also says here filtering out people who seem to be employees Or appear to be moving past your shops rather than stopping to visit. So it's actually calculating when you're walking past rather than when you're you're actually visiting the store. So there's three things and that's three ways that it's tracking how you physically are walking into stores. And it's not through any sort of thing that the store has set up. It's not through anything that you have set up. It's just the way that your phone is interacting with the universe around it and the universe that we have created around it, and it's bouncing off signals anywhere, everywhere, and it's able to track if you've seen an advert, whether or not that you've ended up going into the uh, store of the person who is running the advert and to me that is beyond the future that is very futuristic it's scary i always look at the positive side on things like this where i'm thinking well that's pretty cool if we can do that think of the cool things that we can do that would be good for humanity but i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that um don't share my optimism but i guess knowledge is power so that's how facebook ads track store visits what do you think of that So our next story is about fake likes on Instagram let me tell you how this came up in the office we were looking around Instagram and a profile came up that was a similar company to ourselves at PDG Advertising so another advertising agency based in somewhere in England, Humberside I'd like to say, but I'm not 100% sure. The account um looked very pretty, um very bright colors on it and it was doing that thing in Instagram where you create a story out of the pictures that you use on your profile. So Whenever you look at someone's profile on Instagram, you see three squares, three squares, three squares. And some people like to make stories out of that and like to make pictures that only make sense whenever you look at them from afar and look at the profile atop. And immediately that sparks a red flag for for me, but I'll go into that a little bit later on. When we were looking at the account, it did look kind of pretty. The designs look quite nice and didn't look like a bad account on first glance. But whenever you've been looking at Facebook accounts for years and Twitter accounts for years and you've seen the cycles of a platform emerges and people fake their followings and they make it look like they're bigger than they are, you start to get a sense for what people do. And one of the number one things people do is they make it look just too perfect so that's spidey sense number one of thinking looking at something and saying that's just a little bit too perfect for the messiness of social media and the disjointedness of human interaction online so whenever i see something like that i, I can't really let it go and i looked a little bit deeper into it and i saw that this account had something like 10,000 followers on the account and Around the office, it was, you know, oh wow, they've got like 10,000 followers. But what we discovered was there's a possibility, not even a possibility, it's absolutely 100% certain in my eyes, but, you know, I I don't absolutely have the evidence, but I can point to some facts. If you have 10,000 followers on your Instagram account, it only speaks to reason that even if you did a mediocre post, on your Instagram account that you would get, you know, maybe 10 likes on it, <laughs> maybe a few comments. You know, what what's the engagement like on the posts that you're doing? What is the are it, if if there are 10,000 likes on there or 10,000 connections to your account, you could really put out anything and you would think that there would be some level of decent engagement on it. And when we looked into the posts themselves, remember they're already pretty looking, they all look really nice, and again, the senses are just going, hmm, something not right here. They had something like uh six likes, under six likes on average per post that they had done. And that's that is like the smoking gun in the case. It's like the moment when Colombo says just one more thing and says, That's that's not right. There's something wrong there. And let me give you a comparison. PDG Advertising, at PDG Advertising on Instagram, at this point, has under 200 likes. Maybe more than that, but it's around that anyway. And the engagement that we get per post is over 10 at any given time. Um, it can be more than that at times, much more than that at times. But compare that with 10,000 connections, and we only have like two hundred. And we're beaten in terms of engagement, um, likes and comments under, under our posts. So I would rather have 10 connections, real connections, than 10 million fake connections. There is no point in having any fake connections. If you can just get past the lies and the deceit of it, <laughs> which which I can't, but if you can, if you can't get past that and you you can make the argument for, oh well, it makes us look better. People who don't know any better will maybe think we're good, and they will come to us instead of going to our competitors. That's a garbage enough reason. But if you if you stay on that line, fundamentally, it stops you from seeing reality. So if you buy ten thousand likes. If you gain 50 genuine likes, that might be 50 prospects or 50 customers, and you send out a post, you'll not know, you know, how many of those likes were real or you won't know how many of them were um, genuine. You, You won't know if your post has got lost in the ether of all these fake likes. It completely skews the algorithm out of your favor. On Facebook, I mean th- this is this is not new. This happened on Twitter to start off with. I think the first platform that this happened on was Twitter. And people bought fake likes for a fiver on it, and you could get to like a million likes in 30 seconds. And they were all fake. They were complete fake accounts being driven by bots that would apply fake follows to your to your account. Now that has kind of stopped there, but in every iteration of a social media account, like now we now with Facebook. So same idea, you can buy likes on business pages. And what's even more interesting is the algorithm only shows posts to like 5% of your account anyway. So it's worse if you have a Facebook page that has 10 million likes and only 5% of those 10 million likes see your see your posts. And 5% is actually genuine. It's probably less than 1% of people see your organic posts. So it makes even less sense on Facebook. Both Facebook and both and Twitter found ways of getting around that. Instagram is owned by Facebook. They know these fake likes and these fake accounts are happening. So what they're doing, what they will do, is remove them all. So it's completely pointless. It's not it's not just pointless in terms of the lies and the deceit. It's pointless because it does you damage. You don't know if anything you do is actually good or if it's just fake fake praise that you're you're getting. And thirdly, it will be Lead bar. Whenever at some point in the future Instagram goes bang, we're, we're removing all of these fake likes or these people that haven't engaged with you or these people that you've never met but yet have followed you for some reason. There's other little tells as well. You know, if you have only done like a hundred posts and you've got like ten thousand followers, something's not right there. You know, there's there's things that you can see that that aren't aren't proper. And if you're an advertising agency and you're claiming to be able to help people to engage with their audience and help their business. I don't think the way to do that is by installing a bunch of fake likes on your page. Oh, that was all a bit salty, a bit angry about the Instagram likes. I wonder if we can get a little bit of a brighter um section of the PDG advertising podcast right now. And we can... I want to share with you something that's really important. It's a video from 2016, and it's from a guy called Simon Sinek. Um, it's it's about 11 minutes long, and I'm going to put this post on our website. I'm going to put it all across our social media, and I'm going to include the links under this YouTube or under this um guess this is on anchor and it'll end up on spotify and all types of podcasting places but i'm going to add the link to it it's a youtube video from simon sinek and it, and it's something along the title is something along the lines of how you'll never be happy or how you'll never get to where you want to go and it, it sounds a little bit self-helpy but it but it's not it's all about millennials in the workplace No, generously um I don't know generously, I don't know if it's a good thing to be called a millennial or not, um, but I am 34 at this point as of the 24th of September 2019. So I'm 34 and I was born in 1985. So Simon Sinek says that if you're born after 1984, you're a millennial. Something about the turn of the um, millennium, whenever if you were alive or growing up during, during that, it makes you a Uh, millennial now aside from Simon Sinek I've heard all manner of stuff about millennials in the in the workplace and I guess being one but always having a bit of a older head about me or something or always you know (laughs) working well with older people I hope I am I feel like somewhat of a bridge between millennials and the older generation and I, I think PDG advertising Some of its roots have been in explaining the internet, how it works, and how to use technology to your benefit to that older generation that maybe didn't grow up with it as much as as I did. But this video is really important, and I I don't think it's just important for millennials. In it, um, Simon Sinek goes through, and, and Simon Sinek is the author of a book called Find Your Why. So... He's a self-help guru, business coach, I'm not 100% sure what he does, but I've always enjoyed hearing him speak. But this video, I have watched like once a year for the past three years or so, whenever it came out a couple of years ago, maybe last year, and then it came this year. And I thought, I'm going to have to share that. And I've already shared it across LinkedIn. And I'm hoping that some people watch it because I think it's good to share things that have impact and can maybe help other people navigate the world a little bit better. And what Simon Sinek says is, that there are three main interface problems between the older generation and um, millennials, and they stem from a few things. So overprotective parenting, so things like medals for coming in last place, things like parents complaining um, whenever kids weren't doing well at school and saying it was a teacher's problem, Um, parents not teaching kids how to behave correctly um, and when I say correctly, in the way that maybe they were taught to to behave. Um, and whenever millennials then ended up in the workplace and are ending up in the workplace, they don't conform to what's expected and they feel really unfulfilled and ultimately unhappy. And it's no fault of their own. It's no criticism of theirs. Um, but he, he says that that's, that's a very important part of the makeup of of the interface between millennials and the older older generation. And the next one is social media addiction, the infiltration of the phone. I mean, earlier in this podcast, we were talking about how Facebook ads track store visits. If that's not an indicator of how pervasive technology is in our world, then I don't know what is. But he says that, Simon Sinek says that that is a problem. And whenever he brings it back to instead of forming strong relationships with friends, people of my generation, <laughs> saying I kinda of loosely, but people of my generation and younger are losing or have lost the ability to make deep connections with people. Instead they make them with machines. He references things like, you know, if you want if you want something you know, you can look it up immediately online and, you know, that instant information, the all-powerful internet that just helps you out in, in all different ways. And while I personally, Peter Oak, think that that's really, really cool, um, I'm starting to see that that bond with the machine is is becoming very um, it's unbreakable and it's becoming worse. And, you know, he gives the great example of whenever you're sitting with people, and I do this, you know whenever i pick up a phone and i start to look at it and i start to the, the people around me kind of disappear and i get pulled into this rabbit hole of facebook news and emails and all manner of stuff and and he says that that's really really um really bad and and it's really linked to his next point so his next point is about um instant gratification and he says that that's a bad thing because nobody has to work for anything anymore so if you want you know, a date, you go on Tinder. If you want an uh, electronic device, you go on Amazon. It arrives pretty quickly. And everything's like instant and the information is instant and everything's instant. So that feels good at the time. But is it good? Is it good that nobody has to work for anything anymore? Does it mean that um, people of my generation and younger get upset whenever they don't get things instantly? And they don't understand the path that they have to trod, the journey that they have to go on? And that's why I want to share this, because I think what Simon Sinek is doing is he's opening up a new view on life, I guess. And it's very important because the people that will work in my business likely will all be millennials or whatever the generation is after that. And it's important that we can all work together really well. um, And it's important that we learn what's important to each other. And he said something that's really important. It's important that business leaders and leaders step up and show the path of happiness in the journey and how it's the journey that, you know, brings happiness. It's not the instant gratification because that goes in a moment. It's the memories and the, the experience of going through the path to get to where you want to go probably comes back to setting goals setting ambitious goals all that stuff but it's very energizing and very interesting and i would definitely recommend it as a piece of content to ironically consume on your internet enabled device so this week goodness it's only tuesday and it feels like we've done a whole a whole week but i think that's just because it's packed full of stuff and there's so much more to come but This week, I had an interesting call to make, um, an actual physical call to make, (laughs) and a judgment call to make, and it's one that I've made a few times before and never regretted. There was a prospect, a potential customer, who sent us an email, and I had a very brief chat exchange with him, and he wanted me to schedule in a call with him to talk about how we could help him in his business. And I'll give you the broad strokes of what he does. He's a digital advertising agency. And sometimes other digital advertising agencies who I gotta say, who can't do what they say they're gonna do, um, will look to an agency like ourselves to try to do what we say we can what what they say that they can do because we do what we say we're going to do. And What was really interesting was i mean this guy approached us we didn't approach him and we waited for the call to be to happen but in between um the prospect actually asked for us to sign an nda before we even had a conversation and i'm totally against that i'm not doing that there's no way that i am spending time looking over an nda before i just have a conversation with with someone I would never ask it of someone and it's absolutely not something I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to sign and I don't know it's such an old school way of of working and the opportunity might have been there that we could have helped this customer cuz they're a digital advertising agency but it sounds to me like they're a digital advertising agency that maybe have been an old traditional marketing agency and are trying to make that move into being a a more modern digital advertising agency but it looked but clearly Aren't making that move very well because they're asking people to sign, you know, lengthy DNA, DNAs, NDAs, and if you don't know what an NDA is, you Google that stuff. But if you um, want to know what it is, it's a non-disclosure agreement. So it's that p- potential customer asking for protection for their. Well, I actually asked. I said, "Well, what's the NDA for?" Um, and the prospect said. It's so that we don't steal any of their secret marketing strategies, and I mean the 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 craziness of that is that Why would it, if you're coming to us for digital advertising support help for you know maybe your customers or prospective customers that you might have? You know what? Why would we be stealing your marketing solutions? So big red flag and didn't want to do it and said we're not we're not going to do that and said well if you're not going to sign it then we'll just need to leave it there and and that is that is unfortunately the path that we needed to take with that prospect now i i'm not in a position where you know we want to be turned away a business but we're mature and grown up enough to know that you don't take every customer that comes along some are you know they might not be the size that that you can help them with they might be too big for you that's possible then others you just get a feel for you know working with the person or working with the type of business and you know that it's just not for you and at that point if someone asks us to sign an NDA before we've even had a conversation um it's a definite no-no um I'd be really keen to find out what other people think about that if anybody wants to let us know if that's a crazy move or or not um sometimes you have to Go with your instincts and my instinct says if someone asks you to sign an NDA whenever you've never even had a conversation with them, the best you've seen is their website and you know nothing about them, then say no. And that's what we will do in future if anybody does that. Now, if we have a conversation and we deem the opportunity correct, we'll ask the customer to um, sign an NDA and we'll ask we'll we'll happily send an NDA for the customer but not before an initial conversation absolutely not so something that we've been working hard at at pdg advertising is making sure our copy is great and one of our team members this week who i'm really pleased with um pleased with all of them but one of them came up with uh, a great piece of copy for a campaign and it's campaign for hotel, a hotel and we were redoing some copy that a customer had given us to make sure it felt nice for the reader and with a hotel copy you want people to be relaxing and the copy that we created made it sound like you were sitting on a beach sipping a, um, sipping a, a wine or a Prosecco or something like that. It really got in the mode of how we want the customer to <clears throat> feel whenever they um, read it so very pleased about that but it just got me thinking you know quality copy is appropriate copy so copy and text changes its form when used in different areas if you think about the text that would be written on a court document it's very different than what would be written on a holiday advertisement uh, document so that's something that we'll be thinking a lot more about and I'm really pleased that we're starting to really think about the words that we're using um, to make sure that we're coming across in the right way and that we're doing the best possible job that we can for the customer. So now we're going to do um, hopefully a lighter section of the PDG Advertising Podcast and I'm sorry if you can't hear me so well. Um, the mic is a little bit further away from my um my speaker box right now and what I think we're going to do is we're going to take a look at some of the current news in digital advertising right now um, across the internet and it's such an amazing thing that you can just look up anywhere across the world what's going on at any given time. Um, but for this uh, part, uh, there's a couple of websites that I would normally go to and some I've heard of that could be good. Um, one is called the um. The next one is BBC News. So we go to the tech area and usually you find stuff about Facebook and all the tech platforms, Uh, Mashable, it's a really old digital advertising or social media really focused or was focused anyway, um, online magazine and then TechCrunch for maybe more technology based news. So let's have a look at what's, uh, what's going on. You know, I look at things online with a fairly cynical eye, but I found a cool area called in the drum.com called resources it's pretty easy to find it's resources.thedrum.com but there's a fair amount of um links on the homepage to find it but in resources there are 246 results without any filtering and they all seem to be like reports on the advertising industry so like the first one is audience first advertising adoption and evolution and it's made by Oracle. I don't even know who really, really Oracle are. Um, I think they're a technology company. But what do they know about advertising? I <laughs> don't know. Don't even know what big advertising agencies there are out there, which is probably a pretty big flaw in my processes. But anyway, they've created a a report on audience first advertising, and it goes all the way to people like um get response which is a CRM tool, as far as I know. I know that you would send big email campaigns to it. Marketo, um, big marketing. Goodness, I'm not sure what Marketo actually do. I'm pretty sure they're a CRM technology as well. Um, Adroll, they're a company that helps you um, create retargeting adverts online. I would imagine that most of these are advertisements. I would imagine that all of them are advertisements for the company that they're um, related to, but there's probably um, some good stuff in here uh, somewhere. So there's something called uh, from DATAXU, D-A-T-A-X-U. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not, but it's called the Q2 Services Benchmark Report. And it might be interesting to download that and have a look at it and I, I think I probably will and in a future podcast I'll if it's any good I'll bring it up and I'll I'll go through what's um what's in it. It talks about, you know, how does your campaign performance stack up against others and it probably would be good to hear about other campaigns and see what's working well and see what's you know not working so well or or whether your campaigns are better than other campaigns out there. So yeah, resources.thedrum.com com seems to be the place to go for white papers on the advertising industry yeah i think on the drum there's a really interesting article called a best practice guide to the festive season on facebook and you'll have to forgive me that was a skype message coming through you probably know that because you can know the the voice but while i'm on um the laptop um our valued customers will be um, pitching in so um, we're not pitching into the podcast yet but someday I think that's in our plan for the future but right now they're just pitching in with pings to um, see what we can help them out with <laughs> and that's not so bad Um, so this article is the best practice guide to the festive season on Facebook and it's done by a guy called Tom Hutton And I don't know who he is, but I'm sure he's very important. And he writes a great article. Um, But I think this article here, it just highlights something. I mean, if you're thinking about, you know, the Christmas season now, it's a good time to think about it. It's not totally too late. Like, it's better if you're thinking about it the day after Christmas, so you've got a whole year to plan for it, especially if you're in e-commerce or something that, excuse me, really does well at Christmas time. But right now is a time to think about what's gonna happen. So in um you know, in no time at all, um just after Halloween, we're gonna start to see days like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Singles Day, which I'm not sure what actually is. I don't know if it's single people or single items, probably shouldn't know what that is, but Whatever it is, it's another day where people buy stuff online. Think um, if you're a card shop, Valentine's Day or Mother's Day or Father's Day. Um, These days are hot. What happens is on the networks, on Facebook and any channel, is advertisers start pumping in money. So whenever you've got um, 10 people for a year in one spot in a market um, selling, And you've got the same amount of people all year um, buying, but you only get 10 people from January to um, September. And then October, November come around and it starts to busy up. There starts to be more sellers. Um, What happens is with any marketplace, there is less demand and more bidding to get customers. And that happens on Facebook. So you'll start seeing it as a user or as an advertiser you'll start seeing that it's more difficult to get on the eyeline. If you're a user, it's more difficult to concentrate on anything because you're being bombarded by emails and online adverts all across the internet. But what it does is it pushes up the price of how much it costs to get in front of your target market. And that's something to consider because even though the price is very high, it'll be better this year than it will be next year. And it won't be as good as last year's. Um, cost per clicks and CPM which means cost per meal which is how much it costs to get in front of a thousand people that level of competition is what you're against to make sure that your Christmas is better than your competitors if you're in in business and it doesn't matter what business you're in because the e-commerce sites are going to flood the internet with adverts and even if you are a therapist or any type of business um, your cost per click will go up and... In fact, I think it was last year that something really weird happened. Um, the Facebook ads platform just started to break. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened again this year, just under the sheer weight of the amount of money that's being spent on adverts. If you think about how many businesses there are, and you think about the primary way that you consume things in the world, it's through your through your smartphone. So this article, in highlighting those things, you know, to build momentum for your campaigns to start them reasonably early. I guess that's why, um, even today, as we speak in September, we're able to see selection boxes. If you're from any other part of the world, a selection boxes um, box that has a whole load of different types of bars and sweets, like think Mars bar or Milky Way or um, fudge, and all that manner of uh, and all that manner of stuff and um, just in one box and it's like a present that people give each other but it's a very much a festive thing here in definitely in northern ireland in england in the rest of ireland and in, you know the uk as a whole uh i would say that um you know it's it's only in the last 10 years i hope that these things have started to appear in stores and i think before like december or maybe even late november but now they're appearing in in um in September but the um the usual traditional line was like after Halloween was for a game but now it's just doesn't matter it's now we're we're starting to build momentum and that's from the big players and they know what they're doing we're talking Tesco's Walmart's all those they know know what they're doing in putting Christmas stock in in early so taking that play and I've always believed that you know even if you're a corner shop or if you're um a small time digital advertising company or you're um, a medium-sized company you can still look to big players and see what they're doing and try to emulate some way what they're doing um to benefit your own business so what this article is very good is saying you know plan consider that you're going to be busy in um that christmas shopping period even if you're not related to present buying or your company isn't anything to do with what people would buy for christmas there's a lot of activity going on online so it's going to edge your campaigns out and then over christmas there might be a lull but back in january that's whenever it will happen again where there is a massive push towards getting people in for january sales and things like that so that's actually a very valuable article on the on the drum tell you what though my heart goes out to all those in thomas cook that have lost their jobs that aren't able to go on holiday now and that are stranded on holiday it's just the worst thing and i guess it shows once again that no company's too big to fail you know if your pnl if your pnl ain't right or you have things that are working outside of you know your control and they're not managed properly the whole thing can collapse and that's what the papers and the reason why i'm coming out is i've just come on to bbc news and aside from Boris Johnson's suspension of Parliament being unlawful. Um, Thomas Cook is dominating the airwaves um, right now, and it's—it's. It's, I mean, it, I have a uncle who flew for Thomas Cook. He said they're a wonderful company to work for, and you know all the stories of the cabin crew and the reps all trying to work hard to make sure people are all right while having lost their own jobs shows that they probably were an amazing, amazing company. But but things fail, and I've read that part of the reason for them failing was, you know online disruption and that's a big thing so why do you need a travel agent anymore when you can go on the internet i've heard that some people enjoy that that personal touch but i don't know i've i've more um faith in the fact that people just want to manage things themselves and book things having said that i've booked a couple of holidays recently and it's been nothing but a nightmare i'd nearly rather have someone do it and pay a little bit no little bit more so who knows maybe someday we'll go back to that but right now I, i think people feel that you know they can get a better deal online and other companies have taken advantage of that and apparently Thomas Cook didn't. And I'm no economist or an analyst of what's going on, but I do know that if you're paying Elliot right, then you can't survive. And I'm, I'm very against loans. I'm very against, you know, borrowing. I'm very against bailouts. I'm, I'm very against all that stuff. I, I think, you know, proper business needs to be conducted under strong money in being more than money out um, and and that's that's how it is but I, I absolutely feel for the the people that this is affected and it's a really big thing but another example of online disruption and if you're in an industry where you know where online has not come in and online is not a part of what you do then it, it's time to look at it it's time to say should i be trying to get skilled up on digital should i get computer literate should i start to use my computer more should i understand what out there is that if i'm a business owner in digital should should i be if i'm a business owner in a company that has no internet or no digital component to it um what's coming around the corner that could just completely disrupt us because if you think about it amazon was started by someone who I don't know if this is the whole Amazon story, but it's definitely part of it where it was someone who looked at something that was really easy to disrupt and hadn't changed in years and bringing along the internet could disrupt it. And look what it look what it turned into. Amazon is now the thing that we go to to buy things on. So not only did it disrupt the thing that meant to disrupt book, book selling, it has also disrupted electronic selling. It has the things we were talking about, Black Friday, all of those things are all part of you know the amazon culture and prime day and all of those things so that's why i'm not surprised whenever big big companies that are old and haven't moved towards being digital companies um end up and and that's and that's how it is all right here we go bbc news let's see what's in the in the tech section rather than (laughs) the boris johnson disaster in parliament or um the tragedy of thomas cook and all his people um so here's the top news items google wins landmark right to be forgotten case that's i don't even know what that is um notorious hacker group returns from retirement It's another story it's interesting one facebook buys mind reading wristband firm Everything we do every day always points to one thing, that Facebook are one creepy company. And thanks to them, we've been able to build a business around that. <laughs> Next thing is Kick Messenger app is the shutdown. And then Microsoft issues an emergency fix for IE browser, Internet Explorer. You know, what's really interesting about that, when I say interesting, mildly interesting. Um, We focus a lot on Google ads and Facebook ads, but we're seeing some success on Bing adverts as well. And I think it's because people who maybe aren't um, as native on the internet will not download. I download a Chrome browser and I know other people who do Mozilla Firefox and maybe on Apple it's uh, Safari. But there's a lot of people who will buy a Windows computer and it will um, be pre-installed with um, uh, Microsoft Edge um, internet browser and for some and whenever people use it they then use Bing on it and the counterpart to Google and put an advert on it on that it's something that other people I think don't think about so that is something that has been lucrative for customers in the past but maybe not right now because apparently there's some problem going on there where Microsoft have had to issue an emergency fix for it. Um, Another story WeWork's Adam Newman quits as chief executive I, I saw this happening kind of. I um, heard a lot about stock flotation. I don't really understand those terms, but I know that WeWork, the co-working company, um, wanted to like go public or something like that. I don't even know if I've been selling the company. I really don't understand it and I don't claim to. But I saw it getting really big. I saw when I was in New York City, um, big, big WeWork offices, like several of them. And in every city I've been in, I've seen a, a WeWork office. And I thought how could any co-working space grow that big? How could how could it possibly be that big? How how could that how could that work? And I don't really understand it, but if he's quitting as chief executive, then what does that mean? Is that instability or is that good or is that bad? I I don't know, but sometimes whenever you see a business, you can kind of go by your gut feeling at times and think, "God, there's something not right there." Something's not working totally right. So, anyway, that's what's um that's what's happening but out of those i think the most interesting to me is facebook buys mind reading wristband firm. so what happens is facebook buys something and then sooner or later we're going to be able to advertise on it how we're going to oh my goodness so facebook has acquired a startup which is developing devices that can pick up electrical signals from the brain and then transmit them to a the computer <laughs> <laughs> so what are we saying here are we saying that now, now we're able to track someone who sees an advert and then is able to um and then we're able to track them whenever they go into a store so we can see which of our adverts have driven someone to a store are we saying now that in the future um facebook will put a uh, there'll be a wristband on you that will tell the ads algorithm whether someone has actually thought about your advert again i mean that's that's where that feels like it's going and i don't know if that's just me putting two and two together and coming up with six thousand but you know who knows that's a that's a possibility so yeah apparently someone called control labs has designed a wristband that can identify the signals the brain sends to the hand telling it to move and decode them and again i stay on the side of positivity and i think well if, if if we can do that if we can do that then we can rebuild him and we can you know maybe take our limited body and make something even cooler in a synthetic body Um, how you get the mind to do that as well but i guess this kind of thing that's going on is something that you know in the future we'll be able to uh, navigate well, I'll tell you what i just went on to mashable and had a look there and yeah, i couldn't make a head or a tail of what was going on there there's so much but the one thing that jumped out was greta thunberg and i apologize if i'm saying her name wrong um, wonderful young woman, uh, sixteen-year-old speaking at the at the UN. Quite incredible. Told us all off for um, climate change and making money, and, and she's right. She's hundred percent right. And we need to change. And it starts with ourselves. And it's something that we need to we need to do. Today, you see that Donald Trump has attacked her um, in a very sarcastic, childish tweet on online, and I had to go and see what what it was that um what it was that he had said and she said that people are suffering dying ecosystems are collapsing and we're in the beginning of a mass extinction and all you can talk about is money and uh, trump treated something like she seems like a very happy young girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future so nice to see but with a quote to that tweet so the contrast is the the sarcasm and it's it's not right it's disgusting it's not funny and it's 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 really wrong and that's the way he treats people um but she dealt with it in a with, with a level of class she she took the she took that comment that he made and put it on her bio um and that's that's absolute um bravery um and a really you know strong way to deal with a bully to, to face them down and say i don't care what you say you're wrong and and yeah i think that's that's pretty cool and i'm gonna follow this girl and um Hope that uh, she gets the exposure that she needs to to change, you know, a few people's opinion on the state of what we're doing to the environment. I mean, I'm hypocritical in talking about this. I was wondering today how much of a carbon footprint is caused by internet use and email marketing and things like that, and I'm sure you could all trace it back. but it's something that we're gonna think about in PDG advertising very soon. And it's something that everybody should think about. So yeah, well done her. Greta Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg? Let me make sure that I'm saying that right. Um Greta Thunberg, at least. G-R E T A T H U N B E R G. I think she sailed across the ocean, some ocean, in a in a boat, um with no fossil fuel power, with just renewable energy. So well done her on that and well done for her um to stand up to what is supposed to be the most powerful um human in the world. Yeah, and I promised that I would take a look at TechCrunch, the um the startup and technology news. But uh just tried to get to TechCrunch and it's given me a like a some sort of a cookies acceptance and it says before you continue, TechCrunch is now part of the Oath family. We Oath and our partners need your consent to access your device, more advertising from creepy advertisers set cookies and use your data including including your location see that's what they're trying to do oath or oath i'm not sure how you pronounce it is the same family that you do bing ads on under it, it must be like it must have an undercurrent of microsoft um owning it and that must mean the TechCrunch must have something to properly do with that these magazines only need to make money and they do it through advertising so that must be um reddit so we're doing it live we're doing it actually live so The big story on TechCrunch, yep, WeWork's Adam Newman steps down as CEO, and there's no blurb, but that seems to be a big story. Um, It's pretty cool. Uh, Amazon launches Amazon Care, a virtual and in-person healthcare offering for employees. Amazon has gone live with Amazon Care, a new pilot healthcare service offering that is initially available to the employees in and around the Seattle area. This must be like a... um, uh, I think in America, like healthcare is a big, big thing, you know, you have to pay for it a lot of time and if you're not paying for it, you have to be insured. So I guess this is Amazon, which is basically a country now because it's so big, um, is offering that um, through its own platform. So that's interesting, something to um, something to watch. Uh, and another story here is Facebook promises not to stop politician, politicians' lies and hate. What? Facebook promises not to stop politicians' lies and, hates and hate. And then maybe a bit of spin on that. So it says Facebook confirms it won't fact-check politicians' speech or block their content if it's newsworthy, even if it violates the, hate, the site's hate speech, rules, right. or other policies. I am going to take another look into that because I want to know what it's about because it seems like that's not something that Facebook would do. Um, so Facebook confirms it won't fact-check politicians speech or block their content if it's newsworthy even if it violates their sites hate speech rules or other policies well i suppose um trump's still on twitter at least and this is facebook that we're talking about so is trump on facebook i don't see him on facebook really but let's definitely see him on twitter whatever way the algorithm works on twitter i see him in my twitter feed very often so let's see did facebook have the cojones to um block donald trump by clicking on donald trump oh goodness here we go so donald j trump verified page 24 million like this and there he is chief chief cheeto himself and he is keeping america great and making america great america great again and God, I love America. I love the American people. But um, yeah, I think that's all we need to we need to say about about that. Anyway, what's this about Facebook not banning people? Well, they haven't banned him then, so that's the thing. So Nick Clegg. Nick Clegg. Can you imagine Nick Clegg is the guy that is the head of global policy at Facebook? Must be a very driven individual. He was the leader of the Liberal Democrats in politics and. Um, he was the deputy prime minister at a point because he propped up Cameron's government. And look where that ended up. up, up. Now we're all Brexit and Johnson's making the queen lie and all manner of stuff, disaster. But um, anyway, back to this. Yeah, okay, so I get it. So the idea is that if Facebook starts to say that, oh, a politician's you know, causing hate speech, you can't really prove that either way unless it's very very clear if they're just making an opinion and it's not specifically what you would class as hate speech or there's any blurred lines it means that you're not balanced if you're taking them off the platform i guess it would be like um bt stopping people from phoning people if they wanted to promote a certain argument or it's taken to court the door firm who has allowed people to walk through doors to talk to people i kind of see it like that I, i see facebook as the newspaper, the phone, the radio, the TV, it's not the it's not Samsung that's at fault. It's the people that are using it to, um, the people that are using it to actually spread their their news. So I kind of get what they're saying there. Although, would I feel the same if I mean the extreme example is whenever Facebook has you know pictures of people being shot on it like live streamed, um so would i feel the same if i was that person's family i i don't think i would i would i would maybe change my opinion completely but i'm not in that position right now and i um i would say that there is maybe a case to be made for for uh, for balance but but the, the people have a responsibility in themselves not to be you know not to be promoting hate speech and politicians certainly should and it, and it's the actual people that have the power to remove them so yeah that's something to think about Kind of heavy. So everyone, that's it for probably the longest ever episode of the PDG Advertising Podcast. And this was episode 57. And I've enjoyed every single second of it. And I I hope you've enjoyed it too. I'd love to hear if you don't like it. I'd love to hear if you like it. I'd love to hear anything. Um, Comment, subscribe, email us um, if you want to come on the podcast at some point. Um, whenever we get bigger and better, we'll, uh, invite some guests onto it, but the plan for the rest of the week ahead, and I'm not going to commit to another one, um, tomorrow, um, maybe the next day, I I think maybe we need a little bit of time in between podcasts before, um, I jump in and try to do one every single day, like podcasts, um, from number one to like 50, um, where it was good to create the first 50 and I want to do more with more frequency, um, but it's a lot of pressure to you know make sure that you have some interesting content. And I think that this content was at the very least informative and it's been very useful for me. So I really appreciate you uh you listening to it. Now, as I said, the plan for the rest of the week is <laughs> we've got some amazing customers to look after and do some great advertising for. Um, I have a session up in the boys' model, it's a school. Um, and it's just around the time The Apprentice comes back on the BBC every year um, and so comes on the Young Enterprise Northern Ireland um, business school competition, the business program. It's where the kids organize themselves into businesses and they get mentors such as myself and other wonderful mentors across Northern Ireland who just give up their time for totally free um, in order to help the schools and it benefits um me massively because I get to see what's going on with the kids I get to see what kind of technology that they're using and it gives me an insight into the future customers um don't ever tell them that to start off with but that's that's something we get out of it but more so we get to see some young adults um growing and if you want any faith in the future um I would suggest that you spend some time um in the presence of the young people the younger generation who if we're millennials and they're digital natives. I don't know what these these kids are called, but they're way smarter than I think that we were and um, than I was when I was growing up. Um, and the future is bright if they have anything to do with it. So I really appreciate you listening. And that is the end. It's finito. There is no more today for the PDG Advertising Podcast. This was episode 58. I have been Peter Doak. And it is the 24th of September 2019, and I will see you later.